So just a quick introduction for uh, those in the room who may not know me. So as Chrissy said, my name is Matt. You can call me Matt, Matty, Matthew, it's entirely up to you. I get confused with my name, so I can understand how other people get confused with my name. I introduce myself to most people as Matt. Most people I know call me Matty, but I think I probably prefer Matthew. So <laughs> you, if you can explain that one, then, then go ahead. Uh, Jem depends how angry she is at me. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I have the pleasure of living and serving and working at Cape and Ray. Uh, I am the Dean of Students. I was the man that was tasked to step into the shoes of Ian Ellishaw uh, when he left. Um, and um, you'll have to ask my boss as to whether I'm doing a good job at that or not. So, um, But I am married to Gemma. Some of you, probably most of you will know her. She's the small, feisty Scottish girl. Uh, and we have a son, again, who most of you will have probably heard, if not at least seen, um, Ezra, who is five years old. He is a delight and a bundle of joy, who sometimes I want to chuck out of a window. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm a parent. I can say that. I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, so at this moment in time, we have our international staff conference going on at Cape and Ray. So we have about 250 members of the Torchbearers uh, community that have descended upon Cape and Ray. So life at Cape and Ray is very, very busy at this moment in time. There are lots of people around. Everywhere you go, there are people. And so I am a little bit happy to get off site and to get out of the fishbowl that is Cape and Ray. It is a beautiful location and we are very, very blessed to live there. But Every once in a while, it's nice to just get off site and, and do something that is not Cape and Ray. So I am delighted to be here this evening and, uh, and speaking. Um, so this evening, I am, I'm, I've been tasked with um, how to look at how can we study the Bible? How can I study the Bible individually? And, and, and we ask that question of ourselves individually. And so I have been tasked with, with leading us in that. Um, so I've been tasked with, with looking at this subject with us. How can I study the Bible? I, I want to give a disclaimer from the very start. I, I don't claim to be the fount of all knowledge of studying the word and studying scripture. This is just some, some stuff that's, that's really helped me in my own walk and my own journey. Um, and this is some of the stuff that we walk through with the students as well. This is kind of some of the stuff that we would give the students quite early on in term. Um, to hopefully equip them and enable them to be able to read their own Bibles uh, a little bit better. But hopefully what this might be able to do as well is is maybe help you make this presentable to other people, uh, make you be able to present this maybe in a way that is useful so that you can have good conversations with other people as well. Uh, before I dive in, let me pray. I always like to pray before I start just because... Um, it's not my power that's doing this, it's all through Jesus. And so uh, let me just pray uh, and then I will dive in. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you that I can, uh, that we can gather together as a family and we can give you praise and we can give you glory. Father, I pray this evening that you would just uh, help us just to understand hopefully a little bit more of, of, of your words, uh, hopefully understand a little bit more of how we can um, Use your word well and, and understand your word well, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray that you would bless our evening. Anything that is of me, I pray that we quickly forget. But anything that is of you, anything that is of truth, anything that is of your word would take root, would take hold and would bear fruit at just the right time. Uh, I thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know that I'm, I'm, I'm tasked with looking at individually how can we study the Bible. But I, but I, what I want to do is get you guys just talking for a minute or two. What? I know, it's crazy. 
Uh, but it's, it's a Sunday evening, right? Let's shake it up a little bit. Plus, I have the microphone, which means I have the power. Um, so, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to get, get you chatting in maybe threes and fours. Turn around, or turn to the side, or turn forwards, uh, whichever is easiest. Just make sure that there is nobody left out, because that would be awkward. Um, and, and I just want to ask you a simple question. What makes a great Bible study? Or, what makes a not-so-great Bible study? In, in your learned experience in the room... Um, I can see that there is some experience in the room, which is lovely. What do you think makes a good Bible study, or what do you think makes maybe not such, such a good Bible study? I will give you a minute or two, just have a quick chat with the people around you, um, and then I will call you to order in a couple of moments. Okay, if you want to bring those conversations to a close... It sounds like you're having far too much fun, so let me call this back into order. I don't know how you felt about that, but it's nice discussing, isn't it? It's nice chatting with people. It's nice interacting with people in the service. I, 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 no offence, Christy, um, or Pastor Ian, I much prefer having conversations around Scripture than being able to just sit and listen to somebody for like 45 minutes or an hour. Maybe that's my own concentration level speaking as well, because I have the concentration levels of a goldfish. But... Um, yeah, I just think it's great when you can kind of get other people's opinions and you can kind of take stuff from, from what they say and, and maybe that just challenges us a little bit. And so I, I just love discussing stuff. So here's the brave bit. Would anybody like to share anything that they discussed in their group? Ooh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Scripture's useless if we're not applying it to our own lives, right? And so we, we I think that's it's one of the main things we always need to do and hopefully we will see, see that a little bit this evening. So I, I just put, when I asked myself this question, I, I just put a couple of thoughts that came into my own mind down. And so I just put, a, a, um, I just got a little bit of a list here about the, some of the things that I thought of were engaging, like we want to be engaged, right? We, we want to be challenged a little bit. We, we want something that's going to draw us in. Reflective, something that is going to make us think. Relevance, there's no point in, in, in us making it completely irrelevant to the audience that we're talking to, right? Um, I said a moment ago, challenging. I, when I read scripture, I want to be challenged. I, I, I want Jesus to be molding me and shaping me. And sometimes that's, that's difficult and that's a little bit painful. But if it's not, then maybe we're not doing it right. I think, I think when we read scripture sometimes, it needs to be painful because that is Jesus chipping away at the things that he doesn't want in our lives. Um, I think it should be empowering. I think we should read, read scripture and we should study the word and it should empower us to go out and, and share the word as well and share the good news. It's great when we learn something, obviously. Um, when we hear from God, maybe not his direct audible voice and doves flying around the place, but being able to hear something from God is always useful and good. Um, but also giving us direction when we, when we do a good Bible study. Maybe it's giving us a bit of a direction for something. Um, it, it's drawing us into a place maybe we've not been before, or it's drawing us to a place that we have been thinking about, but not been to, to step there. And so those are just a couple of things that I thought of when I asked myself that question. Um, and so hopefully this is what we can start to pick up as we pick up the word, as we pick up our, our Bibles. These are hopefully some of the things that we can start doing. Um, I, I like to, to share a funny story that 
the people that know me know that I am I'm okay with taking the mick out of myself a little bit. It's it's a great way to get some some laughs. And so I remember when I I first started reading or first started following Jesus and first started reading my my own Bible. Uh, my my knowledge was not great. I I come from an unchurched background an unchurched family never been to church never picked up a bible before and so I had no idea about the bible when I when I kind of first started following Jesus with all of my heart and um, I remember my pastor at the time who who was an ex-professional footballer and then after he retired he, he'd spent about 30 years as a mechanic and so and he was also a scouser he, he came from Liverpool and so he, he was quite a stocky well-built man his hands were like shovels and uh, he was he was pretty intimidating when he needed to be. Um, and I remember asking him, I remember saying, Eddie, which was his name, obviously, that's why I was saying it. Um, I said, where, where can I learn more about Jesus? Because I, I was just hungry to, to learn more about him. I was hungry to learn more about this guy who had, who had done all these incredible things for me. And, and so I asked him, where can I learn more about Jesus? Where can I go to learn more about him? And he, he, he just looked me dead in the face and he paused and he just went, that's easy. You just need to start at Matthew and keep on going. And I was a little bit confused and, and, I, and I was a little bit sort of taken aback and, and I was a little bit scared of him. And so I didn't want to kind of ask him because I didn't quite understand what he meant. And I was like, oh, thanks. Great. Perfect. Great bit of advice. And so I kind of wandered away and went and sat down. I was like, start at Matthew and just keep going. Is that like a self-reflect kind of thing start with me keep on going I don't which obviously now I know is like the opposite of the gospel right and so I thought start it just doesn't make sense start Matthew and I, and I went away and, and kind of pondered it over and over again I just I just couldn't put it together and I remember sitting at home on my own and just opening the contents page of my bible and seeing in the new testament the book of Matthew I was like oh start at Matthew Mark Luke I get it now makes sense makes sense so that was my first introduction into scripture really into into reading the word and and from there from from picking up my bible from from communicating with Jesus, God, I can safely say, has completely transformed my life. And, and lots of that has been down to just reading scripture. Lots of that has just been down to spending time in his word and studying his word and spending time with Jesus. And so hopefully this evening is going to be encouraging for us to kind of look at how can I, how can I study my Bible um, that is going to be useful and um, insightful and challenging and reflective and all of these things that we said earlier on. Before we kind of get into the meat of the topic, I want to take us to a verse which is in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. If you, if you have your Bibles, you can go there. If you don't have your Bibles, if you're sat next to someone who has your Bible, you can look at them in a, in a shameful way and be like, I don't have my Bible, sorry. But it's okay because I have put it on the screen for us, so we're okay. So this is what 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I want to quickly point out and draw out some things from this verse before we move on. 
of why it's so important for us to read scripture and to understand scripture to help us live out this life of faith, to help us walk in this journey. And so I've, I've just pulled some things from this verse, and so hopefully the technology works and it comes up on screen. There we go. So it says, all scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful. Not just the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, but all scripture. There are some preachers who would only preach from the Old Testament, or some preachers that I know who only preach from the New Testament. But it's clear from this verse there is no distinction. It is all scripture that is God-breathed. There is no distinction between old or new. All scripture is God-breathed and useful. We know again that because it is God-breathed, that it is reliable. It's not just man's spouting nonsense, but this is reliable, God-breathed scripture. The God who created the universe, who threw the stars into the skies, who made the mountains and the seas, and who formed you in your mother's womb. The same God breathed this scripture into being, and so we can trust it to be reliable. It is relevant. I need to point it in the right direction, maybe. Oh, technology is failing me. Thanks, Dan. You are a star. It is relevant. It's not just four thousands of years ago, and it's not just for the time that it was written, but it is relevant here and now. It's informative, and as the passage says, it's useful for teaching us. It's useful for drawing us in and teaching us. Sometimes, as I just said a moment ago, it's painful. It reveals things in our lives and about our lives that sometimes we don't want to hear. Or sometimes maybe we don't even know. And that's painful. But it should be. Correcting and training. It gives us direction. It's not just hurtful stabs in painful areas, but it gives us direction on maybe what to do next and what our next steps are. It gives us direction on how we better follow Jesus. It is transforming. It should, if we allow it and allow God to, it should bring about change in our lives. Oh, got two at the same time there. It addresses anyone who wants to be a student or a disciple of Jesus. That was the servant bit, which is for all of us. See if we can go backwards. There we go. It's for all of us. For anyone who wants to call themselves a follower of Jesus. For anyone who wants to call themselves a disciple of Jesus. It's for everyone. And finally, it can be lived out in service for God's kingdom. And I just thought that was maybe useful and a good grounding for us to start, a place for us to start. We go to scripture to figure out why is it so important, to look at what is the need of of understanding and of learning scripture. And so I thought that was maybe just useful for us 
uh, to come to this verse, which I think is, is pretty powerful and pretty deep on so many levels. And so now that we've walked through that, which has hopefully given us um, a good foundation of, of where to start, let's get, dive into kind of the, the nitty gritty. Let's, let's dive into the, the kind of the useful stuff, hopefully. This, as I mentioned, is stuff that we use with the students. Um, getting to the heart of the passage. Um, so this is kind of what we use with the students. It's a bit of a, a, a plan. I wanted to try and get an L in there, and so it was a jewel and it was a word, and it sounded snazzy and cool, but I, I just... I also didn't want to, you know, just put something in there for the sake of it. Um, so this is what we do with the students. Discover, understand, and apply. Uh, there we go. Discover what does the passage say, what does the passage mean, and what should we do. So hopefully that's what we're going we're gonna to cover this evening. We're going to look at what scripture says, what the actual words tell us. Then we're going to have a look at what it actually means, what is it saying to us. And then we're going to look at how we can apply it to our lives today. How is it relevant for us in the here and the now? And so I want to, I want to just use this model um, and take passages of Scripture this evening and apply this model to those passages of Scriptures so that we can see how this works in our lives. And so I want to go to Leviticus 19, 9 and 10, which is a really random passage, which hopefully is helpful to see how we can take this model with Pretty much all, bit, all scripture, and um, you'll see that it hopefully works in, in a roundabout way. So Leviticus 19, 9 and 10 says this. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very, to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. So what does the passage say? Well, it's saying, in basic terms, leave some of your harvest for the poor. Now, looking around the room, I could be wrong here, but I don't think there are any farmers in here who who have vineyards. I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to be corrected. But how does this, what does this passage mean to us? If we're not farmers, if we don't have vineyards, what does this passage mean to us? Well, God wants us to provide for the poor. That's what it's telling us. The bit of scripture is saying, I want you to provide for the poor. And so how do we apply it to our lives? Again, if I'm not a farmer, I can do that in a simple way. That's share what I have with those in need. And so we've read the passage of scripture. We've understood what, understood what the passage means. And so now we can apply it to our lives in a simple way. And that's a relatively simple passage. So let's now move into the New Testament and look at something that maybe is a little more in depth and a little bit more tricky to kind of get our heads around. If we want to turn to John 2 verses 1 to 12. Now this is one of the ones that I didn't put up on the screen. So let me just bring it up and I will read it out for us. (laughs) 
So this is John 2, verses 1 to 12. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize it had come where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did there in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And the disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum and with his mother and brothers and disciples. There they stayed for a few days. And so we, how do we take this model of discover, understand, and apply, and how do we put it to this, this bit of scripture and these passages of scripture? So just to kind of go a little bit deeper into, into what we've said. So when we're when we reading it, what does the passage say? Um, there are some questions that we can ask as we go through the passage, I think, that will help us draw stuff out and kind of get a true understanding of what the passages mean. So where does it happen? If you could click it for me again, Dan, it seems to be intermittently working. Thank you. When does this happen? What are the important words and what are the important objects? Who are the main characters? What do they do and what do they say? And so let's ask some of these questions from the passages that we've just read. And so this will help us with this next part of understanding what does the passage mean. And, and these are just some things to keep in mind as we are kind of walking through the passages. Um, oh, there we go. Is there any significance on where this happens or in when it happens? Or are there any important words or any important things that are, that are mentioned? Do these objects that are maybe used, do they, do they have a special meaning? Do they, do they mean something deeper? And why do the main characters do what they do and say what they say? And I think it by, by kind of going through these simple steps, it helps us to really draw out from the passages hopefully what Jesus wants us to draw out. And, and thing, different things will stand out to us and different, different things will, will kind of jump out of the page from us. And as we kind of ask these questions, hopefully different things will, will, will crop up in our mind. Um, and maybe I think it, it's good to kind of, when we're answering these questions, keep some of these things um, in mind too. I'm just going to do them all at once and then walk through them just because it seems to be easier with technology. It's wonderful when it works, right? 
check the immediate context for clues. Is there anything in the immediate passages that we can draw out that are good indicators to, to what the passages is trying to say and what the passage means to us? Check the wider context. Read, read maybe the few verses before or the few verses afterwards. Compare scripture with scripture. We know that there are lots of parts of scripture that match up and that are, are similar, especially when we're, when we're in the Gospels, right? Take the ordinary sense first. I know maybe that's an obvious thing to say, but sometimes I find when I'm trying to read scripture, my mind goes to these really obscure places of maybe this is what it could mean. And then actually it's, it's much easier by starting. Let's start with what appears to be the obvious and then we can kind of expand the picture from there. Bear in mind the author's intention. So what's the writer trying to get across maybe to the audience of the time? And I think the most important one is always look for Jesus. Always look to how the passages are pointing us towards Jesus. And so let's track through some of these questions with this piece of scripture. So where does this happen? Is there any significance on where this happens? Well, we know that it happens at a wedding. In the Old Testament, God's rescue of Israel is often pictured as a wedding. God is the groom and his people are the bride. Isaiah 62.5 says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so God will rejoice over you. And so that's, that's interesting to know where it happens. There is some importance in that part of the detail. Sorry, that was the verse that was, that was just said. Oh, what's going on there? Is there any significance in when this happened? It happened early in Jesus' ministry. Uh, you can just ignore those bits on the left-hand side. I'm not too sure why they've got a little mind of their own going on. It happened early in Jesus' ministry. John wants us to be clear this was the first sign or the first clue of who Jesus is. So whatever it tells us about him, it's set in a direction. And I think that's really important. John has given us a clear direction of who this person is and, and where we're going with this person, where we're going with Jesus. Is there any significance or any importance in the words that are, that are said? It involves ceremonial washing. So this is what the scripture tells us. This is the way that the Jews cleanse themselves before God. They'd have to do this before every meal. They'd have to do this every time that they wanted to step into God's presence. They would have to make themselves ceremonially clean. It's very frustrating. Is there any significance in the objects or any importance in the objects? Well, we know that it involves wine. And John's readers would have known wine to be the Christian symbol of Jesus' blood. 
Maybe Jesus' blood has replaced the old ways of trying to make ourselves clean before God. Is there any significance in the main characters? The groom is responsible for the wine. It would have been a terrible shame on the family had they run out of wine. Jesus does what the bridegroom should do. He provides the wine. So this is God himself, the groom, as we we heard earlier, come to take his bride. Jesus acts to remove the shame through his blood when we are helpless to save ourselves. Jesus is the one that steps in. Is there anything significant in what they do? Well, Mary tells her servants to obey whatever Jesus commands. We should do the same, right? Even when he he asks crazy things from us. So what should we do? How do we apply this to our own lives when we're reading bits of scripture? Is there something to believe? Is there something that we need to do? Is there a command that we need to obey? Is there an example that we need to imitate? Is there a warning to heed? Is there a challenge to meet? How can we apply this to our own lives? I think there are two things for us to think about in the application of this text. First, there is a decision to make. Having looked at some of those, those things that we've just looked at, having, having kind of pulled apart a little bit some of the things that were said, the importance of of the words, the importance of some of the objects, the importance of some of the characters, the importance on what they say and what they do. Is there something that we need to do? And there is. There is a decision for us to make. Do we believe that Jesus is the one who has paid the cost for us? Do we believe that it's his blood that has made us clean? That has covered our sins. Do we believe that he is the one that we, we have been waiting for? And the second is, do we trust him when he asks us to do something? So the first is we have a decision that we need to make. And the second is we have an action to take. And hopefully, even with the dodgy slides. Hopefully, as we, as we start to open scripture up, and as we start to read different passages, we can take this model of discovering, understanding, and applying, and start to apply it to our own studies, start to apply it to our own time, 
when we pick up the scriptures, when we pick up God's word? Do we notice any particular details in the passages? What does the passage mean to us today? What does that detail that we've seen, what does it mean to us? And is there anything that we should do, therefore, in response to what that detail provides us? And then just repeat it. And I think that that's hopefully helpful. Um, I know that when, when the students see this and read this and, and start applying it to their own um, scripture readings and their own study times, I know for lots of them who, who I've spoken with, they find this really helpful. Sometimes we can read scripture and just skim over all the details and we can we can move on as quickly as we can because we maybe we have busy lives and we we want to get on to the next thing and so we can read scripture quickly and miss lots and so this helps us maybe hopefully to slow down a little bit and to really dive into the text to really open up the passages to really see the detail of what Jesus wants us to see to maybe pick up things that we would never normally see to to notice things that we would never normally notice to hear from Jesus in a way that we would never normally hear from him. And I know that in my own life, this is, this is how, I've, how, how I've walked through scripture in my own life. And it has completely changed how I view some passages and, and completely changed some of the ways in which I view Jesus. And that has been exciting and, and, and difficult sometimes and painful, but it has been transforming and, and, and that's crucial, I think, when we read scripture. I think finally, um, just some good practices. Um, as you spend time in the word, maybe it's helpful just to take notes. I don't know if you, if you do this already. Um, I have a notepad that I, I have when I am, I'm kind of sort of diving in like this. I will sit with a notepad and I will write that, that stand out to me or I'll, I'll write down things that maybe I'm confused about or that I don't quite understand or I don't get and then from there is when I can kind of start to look at other things well I don't understand this so let's take a deeper look and let's kind of really try and make this thing clear and understand what what it is that the scripture is saying here another good thing is try to find a good study bible with a good commentary the, this may be, give you particular references between Old Testament and New Testament. It may give you particular details maybe that we've never seen before. And we don't, we, we, maybe sometimes we miss when we read scripture. Take some time to think about how you're going to implement change in your life. As I said earlier, if it's not changing us, then there's no point in us reading it, right? If we're not open for, for our hearts to be changed and for our attitudes and for our minds to be changed, we might as well not pick up the Bible. And so taking time to think about how we're going to implement change in our lives, I think is key. I think is really important. Because it's often, often the case where we can read scripture or we can hear a sermon or we can see something or hear something and think, man, that's really challenging. And then we can completely forget about it and go on with our day. But I think if we're taking time to think about how we're going to change because of what we, we've read and how we're going to implement these things into our lives, that's going to make the difference. 
And maybe before your next devotional time, before your next reading, before your next study, whatever it is that you want to call it, before your next time with Jesus, maybe have a reread of what you, what you did the time before. Look at your last session that you spent with Jesus. Uh, see if you've been doing the things that you said you were going to do. Again, this is challenging and sometimes difficult because you'll look at it and go, oh, I've not been doing that at all. But that's okay. Because we, we're on a journey, right? And we're, we will not be perfect until we see our maker. But it's good to challenge ourselves and it's good to be stretched. Um, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Just a couple of maybe some good resources if, you, if you've uh, not come across them before. There's a great website called gotquestions.org. It's a wonderful place to go if, if you're confused about something or... Uh, there's something that you've seen or that you've read. It's great to, to go there and it gives you quite a well-rounded answer. Um, John Piper does a, a great um, Ask John section on his website. Really great. Um, again, quite well-rounded, uh, well-thought-through um, questions that, that lots of people have asked. And there are hundreds and thousands of them on there. And so there's just a, a couple of great resources just to, to kind of go to. If we're confused about where we can find something or find the context of something. And hopefully most Bibles that we have, most good Bibles will have a bit of a reference page at the back of where if there's a particular word mentioned and you want to find out where else that's mentioned in scripture, there's often those at the back of your Bible. Um, Let me just pray. Hopefully that's been useful in some way, in some sort. Hopefully it's been a great way of of maybe looking at scripture in a different way. and, and hopefully maybe it can kind of lead our journey along as we, as we try and, as I said before, live out this, this life of faith. Let me just pray and then I will hand back over to, uh, to Beth. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have not left us alone to try and wander through this life. But you have given us scripture and you have given us your word. You have given us God-breathed scripture that will provide us with truth and direction, that will challenge us and stretch us, that sometimes will be painful for us to read. But Father, we we thank you for it. Lord, we pray that um, you will continue to, to help us understand your word. You will continue to help us pull apart passages so that we can get a deeper understanding of what it is that you want us to see and what it is that you want us to hear. And Father, I pray that uh, as, we, as we dive into scripture and as we dive into your word, that you can continue to, to chisel away at the things that you don't want in our lives and you can continue to build Christ in us. Um, Lord, I thank you for, for this evening and uh, for, for the worship and for your word. Uh, as I said at the beginning, Lord, I pray that anything that is of me is very quickly forgotten, but anything that is of you uh, really takes root. I thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.